And now here's Glenn and Stu with the start of our show. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, we've got a great uh, program lined up for you today. A lot of things to cover. Um, and uh, some really, really interesting people that uh, we want to introduce, uh, introduce you to. First, let me tell you about our uh, cruise. We have uh, this cruise through history that we've been putting together. I have a feeling it is going to grow bigger and bigger and bigger. Uh, I keep getting phone calls now from people who you would know that are saying, hey, uh, you doing this cruise and these guys are all coming and I want to come too. I think it's going to be turned into a, just a big love fest here with uh, some really cool people already committed to coming is uh, uh, Tim uh, Ballard, David Barton, uh, myself, Stu, Bill O'Reilly. Uh, I've heard I don't have a commitment from him. Jim Caviezel uh, may be coming. We're going to show the new Jim Caviezel movie uh, on board. We've got nightly shows we're going to be doing. It's amazing. And we're going to be in the Mediterranean. We're going to go to the Middle East. We're going to go to Israel. We're going to see Venice. We're going to Athens. Uh, the Mercury Museum is going to have a whole bunch of items. Every night I'll be releasing new items that you'll be able to see. I mean, it's really going to be fun. Please, tomorrow is the last day you can get $400 off. Sign up for the early bird right now. Just go to ComeSailAway.com. That's ComeSailAway.com. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Yesterday, while we were talking about the squad, while the world was paying attention to send them back, while we were having this ridiculous argument, the world shifted under our feet. Something that I have been looking for since about 1995, something that I have talked extensively about uh, and have been been warning about happened yesterday and you might have seen a story about it but probably didn't click on it because you don't have the context of what it really means perhaps the biggest thing in all of human history was announced yesterday and we'll tell you about it in 60 seconds this is the Glenn Beck Program. According to studies, over 10% of break-ins are planned beforehand. Most of them are spur of the moment. Somebody's, you know, walking around, thinking about breaking into some place, and then they just come up to your house. They see if you have an alarm and if it's on. If it is, they go to the next house. Now, it's one in five homes that has home security. How many of those, out of the one in five, turn it on every time? Especially during the day when you leave, that's really when break-ins happen during the day, not necessarily at night. They don't want to see you. You don't want to see them. So it's kind of a mutual, you know, a, a mutual uh, despise of what of, of each other. We, we both kind of despise each other. I don't really want to see you. So here's the thing. If you have a home security device and it is on, you are much more likely to never have a break-in. So here's what you need to do. The used car salesman of the car alarm, I mean, of the home security, those days are over. 
I mean, those companies are still doing it, but you don't have to do it because there is a much better way. Simply Safe has been my choice for years. They have completely disrupted the home security industry for the good. They make it really easy on you. There's no contract, no hidden fees, no fine print, and the round the clock monitoring is still just $15 a month. Simply Safe. They have a huge deal going on right now. If you go to simplysafebeck.com, simplysafebeck.com, you're going to get a free HD security camera when you order. That's a $100 value. So get your free HD security camera now at simplysafebeck.com. Simplysafebeck.com. So I have I have been following something for two reasons. Um, one is uh, personal, and the other is because I am a, a a freak about new technology. I am fascinated by new technology and the brave new world. It is both terrifying and exhilarating. Man will be either more free than he has ever been at any time in human history. Or, I used to say, the biggest slave in human history, but he may wipe himself out. I've been fascinated by what is called AI, AGI, and ASI. AI we already have, artificial intelligence, we already have it. AGI is artificial general intelligence. We are a general intelligence uh, being. We have general intelligence about a lot of different things. Artificial intelligence is really only one thing. So uh, Watson can play, what is it? Big Blue can play chess. Watson can uh, do trivia on Jeopardy. I think that's the way they work. They can't do the opposite. So If it's Watson that can answer all of the trivia questions, it cannot also play chess. It's AI, artificial intelligence on chess or artificial intelligence on trivia. Artificial general intelligence will be able to do both and many other things as well, just like you can, except they master it. They'll be the best at it. When that happens, you start to approach what's called the singularity, which is a time when the machine, you won't be able to tell the machine from a man. You will you will cross a Rubicon of what is life. And they don't know how long it will take to go from a G.I. to a S.I., and ASI is super intelligence. We will not be, we will be flies in comparison to ASI. So this is the thing that Bill Gates has warned about. Stephen Hawking has warned about. Elon Musk is warning about is this AGI, ASI conundrum that if we hit it and we hit the point of singularity, we don't know if it's going to be benevolent. Now, the other reason why I have been fascinated by this is because I have a daughter who was born with cerebral palsy. On the flip side of AGI and ASI is miracles, miracles, things that you never would think 
or possible. For instance, you want to learn French? Okay, just download it into your brain. You want to repair the um, the actual brain pathways in your head after a stroke? Not a problem. We'll just insert some you know some sort of electrode into your head and it will repair the brain it will just build bridges to repair that pathway so you won't be affected i mean the things that are on the horizon are amazing most people have said this can't be done my daughter has been going through about a year of testing to see if she can have brain surgery because she had several strokes when she was born and she uh, has both sides of her brain um, affected. Uh, but now she is having epileptic seizures. She's been having them for, she had them when she was a kid. And then when she turned about 18, she started having them again. And she's, you know, now 30. And it has totally disrupted her life. And she can't drive. She can't do a lot of things because you never know if she's going to have a seizure. And they're, they're hard to watch. So we've been looking into this technology where they can actually implant electrodes into your brain. She's tried every kind of medicine. It doesn't work. But it is, it is amazing what modern medicine can do. And she's at the final testing uh, point now to find out if they can actually implant these, like, these, these little... And I'm sorry for anybody who actually knows, you know, all the scientific, you know, jargon around this for butchering this so badly. But they can put like little um, probes, little bars, little 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 strands uh, into your head and thread that through all your capillaries and thread that all into exactly the right place. They map the brain in 3D digital and then they have to put it right in the right place. And then that sends out a signal and it it maps the brain wave, if you will. And when it starts to see the tremors start, it sends out like a pacemaker, a signal to stop that and to regulate it. It's amazing. Well, Elon Musk has just announced something that makes that look like child's play. He is he he just uh, announced with neuroscientists at his side something that is called Neuralink. Now, he says at the beginning of his of his talk that he's doing this because he believes and so does DARPA that no one is working on benevolent A.I. They're all just trying to get to A.G.I. first. Because whoever gets to AGI first is going to rule the world. But he has been warning, and others have been warning, and DARPA has been warning and working on benevolent AGI. We need to make sure that whatever it is we're creating doesn't look at us like rodents and decides to exterminate us. We won't be able to understand it because it will be thinking so fast. So what he's been trying to do is how do we bond with AGI? How do we fuse? This is transhumanism. This is another thing that 
that uh, Stephen Hawking warned about and was misunderstood by the end of his life, where he said there won't be any Homo sapiens left by 2050. What he was talking about is humans as we know it will be over because we will be so augmented with technology that you won't be able to survive if you're just a natural human. So he introduces the Neuralink. And again, his goal is to is to be able to interface with AI so we are not left behind. But what the first phase is, is an upgrade of what my daughter has been going through. And what he introduced was 10,000 times better than the latest technology. 10,000 times. He says that it will be ready for humans in a year. And it is, it's, what's amazing is, it's like a sewing machine. It has to be done by a robot because the probes are the size of a human hair. And they have to be threaded in between everything and put exactly into the right place of the brain. And he has built this machine that is a robotic, looks like a robotic sewing machine. And it implants these, but so you know, this surgery is a really delicate thing to do today. He believes, and he says that this machine will do it within a year, and he showed the machine, it it will be like LASIK surgery. You'll be able to go in and have these implants put into your head in an hour and then walk out. Now, that's phase one. Phase two is to help people walk, remember, do different things that for some reason, whether it's a stroke or Alzheimer's or whatever, it will repair the brain. It will not repair the brain. It will just be the bridge. For instance, it will record. So if you're driving to work every day, you see certain things and that helps you remember where you are. So it will record all of those things that you're seeing. And when you are lost and you can't figure out, it automatically pushes those things out. Now, this is remarkable. You can't move your arm. You can't move your leg. It will push you and it will remap the brain for anything that is broken. Phase three, which he says is around the corner. Phase three is a neural link. You want to learn how to speak Russian? Download it. And you don't have to go get chips or anything else. You will think it. And Google Translate or whatever the translate system is that's online will be a part of you. So you'll be able to understand. You'll be able to read. You'll be able to speak. You want to learn something, it will just be downloaded into you. More importantly, it will record all of the things that you have done. It will map your brain, and it will be a two-way street. So you want to send messages, you want to whatever, you will be able to think it, and it will be done because you will be part of the Internet. Now, the real problem with this is who's controlling this? Because you won't be able to compete 
For instance, let's say we go to socialized medicine. This technology will continue. But if we have socialized medicine, this, I guarantee you, will only be done by the rich. If it's only been done by the rich at the very beginning, are those people that are uplinked, you're not going to be able to compete with them. What do they do with this until all of us get it? And if all of us get it, who's controlling it? And can they just shut you off? They don't like your, you're becoming dangerous. You are saying the wrong things. So we're going to deperson you. We're already seeing this happen with tech now. They're building ghettos. But if everyone is super, super, super smart, and they can just cut you off from that and turn your system off, and you become a monkey. What is coming our way? Both miracles and madness. I believe in miracles. I believe the best is in front of us. But not if we continue to act like monkeys. You can read all about this. Um, Elon Musk tested his brain microchip on monkeys. It enabled one to control a computer with its mind. We're already seeing this. Um, you'll see people who say this is doomed to fail. I don't believe they're accurate, and neither did uh, Stephen Hawking, neither does Bill Gates, neither does Elon Musk, and a lot of others. Uh, this has been on the horizon for a while, and this is what people are doing now because they truly believe this is the future. Madness or miracles. I have a couple of other uh, updates for you on technology that I want to get out of the way while we're here, but I'll do that in one minute. Back in the saddle uh, in the X chair. I think it was yesterday at this time uh, I adjusted the back of my chair on air and uh, Stu looked at me like, what are you doing? And well, I think I understood what you were doing. I know, I but you were never just, adjusted it. Like you were that. like, whoa, you can do that. I could see it in your face. Yeah, I started playing with it right. a little bit because okay. it came when it came basically, I guess, with the factory settings. Yeah, it was great. So right. I never really played with it and adjusted it all that much. And the key is yeah. on the X chair is it has 10 different adjustments. Yeah. So I told Stu, we got off the air after that break. And I said, have you moved the seat? And he's like, no, that was cool, too. Right. <laughs> Right. Yeah, you can move the seat like kind of. I don't know. You'd think if of it going up and down, but it but goes, it goes in and out. Of, yeah. yeah, so it gives you it's it's more seat underneath your legs or less seat underneath your legs. And yeah. so when you position it for you, it's a totally different feel, right? Because it, and when you have the more seat, it helps you lean back a little bit better, which yeah. gets the the back lumbar. support, lumbar support. I don't know any of the technical terms. Yeah. I can just know that it's very comfortable. It's really a great chair. I mean, Stu really was thinking this was a great chair before he even adjusted it from the factory settings that's how good of a chair this is even for idiots it's a good chair <laughs> oh no, it's just it's an amazing chair i i, I really thought because i know Stu has been sincere about how how much he loves the chair i'm blown away that he hadn't even adjusted yeah. it yet that's how good of a chair this is it's an x chair 
Um, get one now. You, you have a 30 day money back guarantee. $100 off right now. Go to xchairbeck.com. xchairbeck.com. They have one that will fit your wallet and your body. And it has 10 different adjustments. Call 844 4X Chair. 844 4X Chair or xchairbeck.com. 10 seconds, station ID. Hey, I have some other good news. I have some other good news for you uh, on the uh, technology front. It's uh, it's now happening in Sweden. They are implanting microchips under their skin. I want you to know this is definitely not the mark of the beast. More than th- four thousand people in Sweden have had the chips about the size of a grain of rice inserted into their hands. I believe that's exactly where the Bible says <laughs> it's either in your hand or your forehead. So they about 4,000 people have inserted this into their hands with pioneers predicting millions will soon join them or else. Uh, it's like a glorified smartwatch. Uh, it helps the Swedes monitor their health and replace key cards, allow them to off- enter office buildings. Enter- oh, that's so convenient. I, <laughs> Who wouldn't want that? You go to the snack, you know, the snack deal. You never have to look for quarters or dollars. You just, wow. Yeah. So you get like all the Funyuns you want without oh. bringing change? <laughs> yeah. This is a dream come yeah. true. You no longer have to have a credit card even. You just walk in and it just... It takes your number. Here's the best thing about it. It's new technology that no one ever predicted before. Right. It's well, like, well, this is something that's never been written about. Well, it it's never of, been discussed before. A little bit. Okay. It has been. The, yeah. It's definitely not the mark of the beast. Yeah. Mm. This is crazy. So the other thing that is happening is, what is it, Libra? Yeah, the... the it's not really a cryptocurrency, but no, the, the, it's not the kind of cryptocurrency that Facebook is talking about. Okay, so somebody is going to do this. Now, imagine if you have Libra and Facebook will not say one way or another what they're planning on doing about this. Let's say you have Libra, okay, and Libra becomes the currency. Let's say it's especially like on Amazon, okay, and in the future we're all going to be buying everything probably from something like Amazon, if not Amazon. But they have their own currency and you've been depersoned because of your opinion or things that you've posted. Can you buy anything with I, Libra? I saw this episode of Black Mirror. You're right. right. <laughs> yes, exactly right. Yeah. Exactly right. It's here, America. It's here. You're listening to Glenn I have back. You really do need to write an episode of that show. I, I, I have. I just have to get it to them. Uh, anyway, um, Relief Factor. Millions of Americans have had their uh, pain dramatically uh, altered for the better. And it has altered their quality of life. And and that is me. If you have pain, please just try this. I said this yesterday. I feel like I'm begging you. I mean, most things are like, hey, this is really good. Like the X chair, it's really good and you should try it. And if you have the money, you should get one of these. No, no, no. This is like get out of pain for 20 bucks 
And I feel like I'm begging you because I know how I was when I was listening to commercials. You see them on TV or you hear them on radio and you're like, what is that? That's it's 100 percent natural. I don't know if that's going to work. Try it. Please try it. You have nothing to lose. Well, you have 20 bucks, 1995. Try it for three weeks. If it doesn't work, yes, you're out 20 bucks. But if it does work like it has with me and millions of others, you're out of pain and you get your life back. Call 800-500-8384, 800-500-8384 or relieffactor.com. Now it's even easier to get your Blaze TV membership. Go to blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn. You can pay with an implant in your forehead or your wrist. It's very, <laughs> Definitely very not the mark of the beast. No, it's not. Man, I'm really excited to welcome a brand new sponsor to the show, Tecovis. I know how ridiculous a great pair of boots can cost. Tecovis makes great boots and accessories. They sell their boots directly to the customer, so their boots are half the price of anything that's even similar in quality. They're all handmade with a 200-step process with only the best materials. Their entire line honors the timeless traditional boot styles. No silly stitching or sequins or loud colors or anything else. These are just great boots like my grandfather would have worn. With Tecovis, there's no need to break them in. They arrive already ready to be worn immediately, comfortably. They're easy to order with tremendous customer service. Tecovis always has free shipping and free returns. Check out their boots and their clothing and accessories right now. Tecovis.com slash back. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com slash back. Welcome to the uh, program. We have Bill Whittle on to talk a little bit about what we saw, the Apollo 11 documentary. It is an amazing documentary. The, the what is it, the 50th anniversary? Yeah, Saturday. Is, is this Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he's done this great documentary on the, just the last, I think, 30 seconds of, of man going to the moon right before they land. It was harrowing. Uh, and we'll talk to him about that. And, of course, the patriarchy and the white patriarchy, to be specific. How could we possibly celebrate something that was done mainly by white men? Good question. Really uh, good question. That is the question being asked. Good uh, we'll get into that in just a second. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I wanted to talk to you. Pat, I, I heard you on your podcast today talking about Peter Thiel and saying mm-hmm. Google needs to be investigated for treason. It's pretty chilling. It's it's pretty chilling. Uh, if you do, we, do we have that uh, clip? Can we? Yeah, okay. Yeah, so listen to this. He's being. I think this is uh, this is Peter Thiel on uh, Tucker Carlson. And then the weird the weird fact that's indisputable is that Google is working with communist China, but not with the U.S. military on its breakthrough AI Why technology. That? Well, that's the that's the question. I mean, I think I think one explanation is they figure. Um, they have to because it'll get, if they don't give it to them through the front door, it'll get stolen through the back door. So first answer is they have to. And then I think, of course, there's probably you know, a broad base of Google employees that are you know, ideologically super left-wing, sort of woke, and, and think. think that uh, China is uh, better than the U.S. Or that the U.S. is worse than China. It's, always, it's, always more, it's more anti-American than always. anything. Mm-hmm. But this is, by definition, a threat to American national security, as you point out. So if, if Sundar Pichai was sitting right here, what would you say to him? Well, I, I would say... Uh, 
answer my three questions. You know, how many foreign intelligence agencies have infiltrated Google? Has the Chinese, have the Chinese in particular infiltrated? And, um, and why, are you, uh, why are you working with communist China, not the U.S.? That's what, amazing what is the stuff. Doing? Why do you think, the, the questions you raise, and this, this is not in any way to, to minimize their importance, are kind of obvious questions. Why hasn't the U.S. government ascertained the answers? Well, it's it's possible that um, there are people in the U.S. government looking into it and they haven't told us. Hope but so. uh, but yeah, I think I think the FBI uh, and CIA would be the natural Good. places to look into it. The FBI would look mm -hmm. at it from the domestic side. The CIA would look at it uh, from the outside in, and you know we okay, so try to look at seeing if from the outside right. there are people you know controlling people in, inside Google or. I'd like to interview Peter Thiel. In fact, put him on the list. See if we can get an interview with him. I'd like to interview him because he's he's also smart enough to know. And I wonder why he's left this one out. Google, when Google says, did you hear what he said? They are sharing and what they are mm -hmm. collaborating on mm -hmm. their A.I. technology. OK, the A.I. technology. The reason why he's called this treasonous is because whoever gets A.G.I. first will rule the world. Okay, but did he? So they're they're working on their a they're they're sharing their AI technology. Well, Google has another reason for doing it. Is as everybody thinks, Google is so great because they give me the answers for free. No, they are mapping the way humans think. That's why this is the largest um, intel gathering on humans in all of human mm -hmm. history. And what they're doing is they're, they're the reason why that algorithm is so good, so much better, is they have all of these people, billions of people on Earth, feeding it information. So the algorithm gets better and better because it's thinking more and more like a human. And so it can predict you. So China is looking at this and saying, how many billions of people do they have? I want them putting all of that input into us so we can map more humans and the way humans think they're just looking at this as i need that because it will turbo us in ai but at the same time he's right these people do believe that china is better than america they do believe that mm -hmm. they don't believe that we have uh, that we're good that we have good intent i mean i cannot believe the the company that started with you know, don't be evil, strangely decides to change that as they go to work with China. It's crazy. It, it's, it's uh, you know, humans first in the first place, us developing AI technology like this is a little bit like sheep developing wolves. <laughs> because you're just going to come back to eat us. It really right? is. It really I mean, is. What are you... What are you doing? You're, we're creating our own destruction, potentially. There's a story I just read this morning that that was the headline. We're creating uh, our own destruction. Uh, I can't remember exactly what it was. But it was almost what you just said. There's two other things, two other stories that are out uh, today. In England, the BBC was asking, could algorithms help prevent hate crimes and murders? Well, sure they could. Wouldn't that be great? Could. Well, this whole story is talking about it's a turning point, you yeah. know, from a data perspective mm -hmm. that we now have enough data to where we can predict hate crimes. Wow. Uh, there's another story 
Uh, artificial intelligence is becoming transformative technology imp- impacting many aspects of our lives through augmentation of processes and tax that, uh, tasks that normally require human intelligence, blah, 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 blah. However, AI technology is now ready to solve some of the most complex and, uh, and uh, pressing business problems, and law enforcement has now turned to AI as a tool to execute on the multifaceted mission of modern-day policing. However, for all the potential that AI possesses for law enforcement, we're still at the early stages of achieving a fully viable and legally permissible option to meet law enforcement needs. They now believe that the truth meter, because of what we can do with eyes, will now be able to tell if people are telling the truth or not. Isn't this great? How close are we getting to minority report? And tell me that we wouldn't adopt it. I think we would. We would. I think we would. We would. Well, you were going to do it. So you were thinking about it. We're just making sure it doesn't happen. Right. Don't we want to live in a world where there's no murder? Computer says 99.9997% that you were going to do this today. Yeah. We can't can't allow you to be out on the street because you will do it. Yeah. I mean, and if it seems like you wouldn't go for that, but I mean, think about just the progress in DNA. I was like, I did was doing something on the OJ trial a few months ago when that was going on, mm-hmm. and like there's some anniversary thing, and it's like at that time one of the big reasons OJ got off is because people didn't trust DNA, they didn't know what right. it was. It was like you Correct. know now DNA comes out on a 40 year old cold case, mm-hmm. and we're all a hundred percent sure the person did it, and like I believe the, the DNA science and everything. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to you know be skeptical on that, but. We have just completely gone along with that, and we just assume it's real, right? So, I mean, imagine a computer that's telling you the same thing about a future crime. Right now, that seems completely ridiculous that you'd believe it. But when it's right, you know, enough times, we're just going to go step back and say, wow, yeah, that person is, Pat is going to murder that person. But you know what? (laughs) It doesn't, you're not even going to, you're not even going to DNA because DNA is physical evidence that that person was there. Okay, so there is physical evidence that links that person to a crime. True. Yes, true. Mm-hmm. It's just something that, we, look, that the other person doesn't actually understand. understand Correct. Right? We can't fact check the scientists on that. It. Is or the, the de- government? That's the demon haunted world that the Carl Sagan talked about. Mm-hmm. That you, if you don't understand the technology used, it's going to control you. Yep. Okay. I think this is more akin, however, to Google. Right now, we just do a Google search. And if it's Google, if you get it on Google and that's the answer, that's the answer. You don't question it. So that's the answer. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. settled science. So mm-hmm. they can they and we know they're doing this. They can uh, arrange the answers any way that they want. So they can push the answer that they anything that's in contention. They can push what their favorite answer is to the top. Knowing that 99% of the people are just going to go to that first one or the first five and say, okay, yeah, that's the answer. So this is, this is the possibility. You haven't, you haven't done it. So do you have free will? Do we accept that you are going to do this because you've gotten to the point to where you're planning it, but there is no redemption for you? There's no last minute no, I'm not. I can't. Yeah, uh, this is the argument of the guys that would show up with uh, uh, on uh, the uh, the show. Oh, what the heck, Chris? Uh, 
Chris uh, Hansen. Remember Chris Hansen's show? Yeah. The pedophile show? Oh, yeah. Where he'd like, you know, there'd be these guys and they'd be like chatting with these girls they think are underage. They'd go and buy alcohol. Mm-hmm. They'd they'd show up at the house. They'd walk in and then there's Chris Hansen Surprise! with his cookies. Yeah. And he's like, hey, have, a, have an Oreo, by the way. What kind of molestation are we going to do here today? And it was all wonderful entertainment. And I, gosh, why don't they bring that show back? But beyond that, these guys all got into court and said, look, I was going down a bad road. However, I was never going to actually do it. I, 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 should, I shouldn't even have gone there. You're right. But I was never going to pull the trigger. And I, I committed no crime. This is a person who's not underage. Yeah. Right? This yeah. is a person. And, mm-hmm. and now when I got there, I was never going to do it. I just was out of trying a fantasy out. I mean, the cannibal cop guy. Do you remember the story from, I think, mm-hmm. a year or two ago? Uh, you know, he legitimately fantasized about killing women and eating them um however he never took step one to actually do any of these things and when they they looked into the details of what he uh you know because there were some rumors initially that he had used police uh you know uh, computers to search for women that he actually knew and all that wound up being thrown out it wasn't even true and the bottom line was you know he was a really creepy guy but he never did any of those things nor did he nor did he take a step to even try to do it yeah. and wound up getting completely dismissed the case is completely dismissed but obviously his life is destroyed and so, so far there's no law against being creepy yeah I, right. which, and, you know. and here's the thing for instance let's take the jesse smollett Okay, mm-hmm. AI could could figure out that he's going to create he's going to create a bogus hate crime. Well, that's not enough for me. That's not enough for me. However, mm-hmm. I can if AI is is just everywhere. Okay, he's thinking about it. He's talking to these guys. They just went in, bought the rope. Now they're going here, and he's coming out. Good. Now have a police car there or somebody and see the actual transgression. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. get the transgression down. If it's if it is somebody is going to be killed, just have somebody there to stop it right at the last minute. But where is that line? Where is it? Uh, they were going to go kill somebody. They were going to they were going to take them up into the woods. Well, do we have to be at the woods or do we get them, you know, on day number one of the car drive, where is the line? Yeah, yeah and where is where is uh, uh, human free will? Do we have free will? See, this is going to be the other thing: is we're going to be fed so many different things through algorithms, like they're doing now. They'll be able to predict our purchases, that they'll be able to send these things before we want them. So are we, Mm. do we really want them or are we, it's the chicken and the egg. Does man actually have free will in the coming years? (laughs) This is, you know, but don't worry about that. Let's just, let's just figure out if the president is a racist or not. That's probably much more important. Maybe we can know in advance now. Yeah, we can just right. know, like we can look at him in the eyes. Maybe his pulsing, you know, pupils will tell us something about his future racism. And we stop him before he tweets again. Yes. Oh, it, that doesn't sound like Google. That, that sounds exactly like what Google is saying right now. Uh, all right. Our uh, sponsor this half hour is American Financing. Uh, American Financing is a way for you to refinance. I'm going to be refinancing my home. 
Uh, some loan officers charge 1%. It costs you thousands of dollars. Or you can go to American Financing. They're salary-based mortgage consultants. There is never any pressure. There's never any upfront fees. There's custom loans, dedicated service, loans designed for your best interest, not what's best for the bank and their interest. It's worth the 10-minute phone call to American Financing to see how these historically low interest rates can help you get your financial house in order. The housing market this summer is very hot, not just in favor of the sellers like in years past, but also buyers have the low interest rates. And you might want to be able to go in and take advantage of those low interest rates, even if you got a loan a year ago. You may save thousands of dollars just by refinancing right now at a lower interest rate. Go to AmericanFinancing.net or call 800-906-2440. That's 800-906-2440. It's AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing Corporation, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Welcome to the uh, program. We're so glad uh, that you're here. Um, Bill Whittle is coming up in uh, just a second. Bill is um, the host of Apollo 11, What We Saw. It's a new documentary that is out. Uh, his website is BillWhittle.com. This is fascinating. I watched the first uh, episode or two, um, and it's it's all on the last, I, I can't remember, minute or however many seconds. And what happened as they were landing on the moon is stunning stunning uh tomorrow i'm going to share the speech that was written for nixon because they thought that there was a chance that they would be stranded on the moon and they would never be able to get off and michael collins was circling circling the moon thinking i'm going to be going home alone it's an amazing story that we really have forgotten or or didn't even think about uh, at the time. Bill Whittle is going to be joining us, and he's going to be talking about the white patriarchy that that <laughs> went to the moon. So a big deal. So white guys went to the moon, just show their dominance. Is that what it is? How come we haven't? How come there's no been no women? How come there's been no women of color on the moon? Well, you know what I'm hearing. I want when I when I hear of a black astronaut, I want them to have a black voice. You know what I mean? And uh, and it wouldn't be racist to say that if I said, if, you know, if you're going to be white and a white astronaut, you better be one with a white voice. Okay? Just want to make sure. That's not problematic at all. No, it's not problematic. No. No, 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 no. It's not problematic <laughs> at all. I think you see where we're going here. Uh, but we're going to tell you the truth about Apollo 11 with Bill Whittle when we come back next. I'm Hillary, that's your four minute buzz, and now here's Glenn and Stu with the second hour of our show. Real estate agents, I trust.com is the place. If you want to sell your home, you want to sell it for the most amount of money and you want to turn it over quickly, you need somebody who knows your area that can shoot straight with you uh, and then will price your, your house to move. That's what you really need when you're when you're buying a house, you need somebody who knows the area that knows exactly how much that house is worth, what the comparables are, knows exactly what's happening in the market uh, and being able to help you, especially if you're a stranger to the area. 
help you find the right school for your kids, the right district, the right neighborhoods for you. And realestateagentsitrust.com, they are the real estate agents that can help you do that. If you're looking to buy or sell a home, realestateagentsitrust.com, they are the ones that can do it. Realestateagentsitrust.com. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. We choose to do these things, not because they're easy, but because they are hard. When Kennedy said, we're going to send a man to the moon and bring him back again, we had no, we had no concept of how that was ever even going to be done. And he said, we're going to do it in 10 years. It was the biggest challenge Perhaps the United States has ever faced your your cell phone. Your cell phone has ten. Uh, what is it? A thousand times the commuting computing power than all of the computers used to send a man to the moon, and it had to be exactly right. Now there's a movement now to just say this is once again the white patriarchy. We shouldn't be celebrating. I can't, I, my eyes are going to just I'm shoot blood through my hair, uh, through my eyes. It, it is crazy what is is being said now about the Apollo landing. So if you just hate white people and you think this is the white patriarchy, you should probably not listen to the next few minutes because we have Bill Whittle on. He is uh, he's the host of Apollo 11, What We Saw, a new documentary, and I think you're going to love it. We go there in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. So the reason why boycotts don't work with the right is because we don't have enough of the stuff. For, for instance, I'm never going to go see a movie again. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. <laughs> I'm never going to go to Disney. Yes, you are. Your kids are going to say, I want to go to Disney World, and you're going to fold. Okay? Because there isn't anything that is good from our side. So what do you do? You have to have something to replace it that is as good, if not better. Well, it's taken us a while, and we're finally getting there. Look at the difference now with movies and everything else. We are starting to really get there. We have arrived now with cell service. Patriot Mobile is now on the scene, and this is really almost crisis situations. Most people don't even know that every time you're paying your bill, you're sending some of that money right directly to Planned Parenthood. Did you know that? AT&T is spending money with Planned Parenthood. They're taking their profits and they're funneling it right into things that you don't agree with. Are you... Are you happy with some of your money going to La Raza? So a few years ago, uh, there was a group of uh, veterans that said, you know, I, uh, this is crazy. This is nuts. And so they, they founded Patriot Mobile. I want you to switch your cell service to Patriot Mobile. Go to PatriotMobile.com. Use the promo code back and you're going to get a free month of service. Now, it has to be as good as the cell service that you have, Right. It has to be maybe even a little bit better to attract those who are on the fence. It is. You're going to save a ton of money. You're going to get the same great cell service. They make it really easy to switch. If you use the promo code Beck, you're going to get a free month of service. And none of that money is going to uh, 
you know, Planned Parenthood to kill babies. Hmm, sounds like a pretty good deal. Now's the time to not boycott. Now's the time just to take your money and go elsewhere and get better service. It's PatriotMobile.com. PatriotMobile.com. Use the promo code BECK. Tell them all I want is to wake up. Tell them all I want is to feel. Bill Whittle uh, joins us now. He is um, he's done a documentary on Apollo 11 uh, and he's uh, done it on the Daily Wire's YouTube. And it is really, really good. Uh, Welcome to the program, Bill. Good morning, Glenn. How in the blazes are you? I'm very, I'm very good. So t- tell me the story, because this is already, I don't know if you've seen what they're saying now, that this is the white patriarchy and everything else, and we're not supposed to celebrate the 50th anniversary of the moon landing, but it is a remarkable thing that happened 50 years ago. I'm so glad you brought that up, um, because as you well know, if you ever saw the footage, the the kind of the... Um, the highlight of the moon landing was when uh, Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin planted that giant foam wear number one finger in the in the <laughs> soil and started chanting USA USA wear number one. Well, you will notice that they were wearing white suits, and while their hats weren't pointed, they were still white. Here's why I want to bring that up. Um, what they what they said when they got off the the, the ladder and they went to the plaque on the on the on the uh, leg of the limb. They read a plaque that's still there. It'll be there forever. And here's what it said. It said, here men from planet Earth first set foot upon the moon, July 1969. We came in peace for all mankind. Now, if that is not the most gracious, generous, uh, deeply, deeply um, humble and, uh, and, and kind of magnificent thing to uh, say. Bill, they use the word man twice. Oh, well, there you go, I guess. <laughs> well, you, they didn't you say him. They, did, logic. they didn't say him, her or they, them. Uh, and that's well, the real issue here. Bill, tell me, because I think this is really fascinating, that the world as they watched, more people saw this than anything else. We watched it simultaneously all around the world in every country. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, what's amazing about the way this was done is the rest of the world did not look at this as an American thing. They looked at it as humans actually being able to pull this off. Precisely right. 600 million people watched this back in 1969, which means that every single person on the planet who had access to a television set watched at the same time. If they were, if they didn't have a TV set, they'd go and, and look in through store windows where they were selling TV sets. I was lucky enough to have uh, watched the moon landing at age 10 from the Plaza Hotel, and there were tens of thousands of people in Central Park watching it on projection screens down there. And you're, and you're absolutely right. No one thought of it as an American moment. Everybody thought of it as a human moment. And, um, and I think that's what makes some people just so uh, virulently opposed to this whole idea because it wasn't just a great technological achievement. It was a great technological achievement accomplished by the United States of America, but done in such a, in such a generous and, and noble fashion that everybody on earth felt like this was their achievement. Right. It wasn't, it was never phrased uh, as, I mean, there was the competition with the Soviet union, uh, and that is one of the reasons, uh, you know, Kennedy knew we've got to get our crap together 
uh, because we have to be in space. But that was never uh, the spirit of it. Not, Not with any of the astronauts, not with the people of NASA. They were just looking to do something that mankind had never done before. Precisely right. And on a later mission, um, when they left a plaque for the dead astronauts uh, and cosmonauts who had died in the attempt, they included the uh, Soviet cosmonauts on that plaque as well. Um, mm-hmm. it, it was um, it was the only way for us to fight a war that we've been in for 50 years. And by the way, we used all of our what otherwise would have been destructive methods of war. We used missiles and rocket technology. We had test pilots. We had aircraft carriers recovering the vehicles. We had our radar stations tracking them, which were originally designed, of course, to track incoming missiles. All of this military hardware got channeled into the only place where we could actually compete with that hardware and not face the fact that each side had 25,000 nuclear weapons pointed at each Mm -hmm. other. And people, you know, before the Soviet Union collapsed, uh, people don't understand that basically in the early to mid-60s towards late 60s, this entire thing was basically a sales pitch, Glenn. You know, the, the world consisted of the free countries and then they, the first world, the second world world, the socialist nations, and then the huge uncommitted third world. We were basically in an ad campaign against the Soviets trying to convince them that our system was better. And I might point out, that by the middle of 1958, the Russians had launched the first two satellites for a combined weight of 1,300 pounds, and we'd launched the second two for a combined rate of 33 pounds. So we're down 40 to 1 uh-huh. in 1958. And, and when Kennedy became president, he understood that we, we could not, as a nation, survive with, forget the technological edge, we couldn't, as a nation, survive thinking that we were second best. And so he proposed the hardest thing that's ever been done. And frankly, Glenn, he got it all in the first seven words. He said, we choose to go to the moon. And that was the hard part, making the choice. Everything after that was just an engineering challenge. It's amazing to me, and I wonder um, whether this could happen again. I've I've had several conversations with the historian Arthur Herman uh, about uh, the concept in one of his books, which is uh, the uh, Freedom's Forge and how we won World War II. I'm not sure that we could do that today. I mean, we have Google uh, working with the Chinese and not with the Americans. I'm I'm not sure we could get everybody on board today like we did then. Well, I have to tell you, up until about two years ago, I mean, I was an Apollo kid. I I was an astronaut at five. It was just Mm. paperwork that had to be completed. Yeah, right. Um, But up until about two years ago, I thought, man, we we really may have lost this edge. And then when I saw SpaceX land the Falcon Heavy boosters simultaneously, and I heard the cheer that went up from the SpaceX millennials, who were in large part the engineers for this, I realized I hadn't heard that sound in 49 years, and that was not since that night on July 20th, 1969. Any company whose official recovery vehicle is named, of course I still love you, that company's going to Mars. They're going to do things and have already done things that the Russians can't do, the Chinese can't do, the Europeans can't do, and, and NASA can't do. Uh, because, because that company is under, the, is under the vision of a person, one individual, who decides, hey, you know what, it might be kind of fun to launch a, a Tesla into space, and we'll play David Bowie music, and, and we'll have Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy on the navigation screen. Inconceivable that Boeing would do such a thing. Right. But, but they're having fun. That's the difference. This time they're having fun. The, the, this is much more like what we're going through now is much more 
like the uh, turn of the last century where right. the inventors were rebels. Right. And just they it was the Wild West of invention. Yes. Uh, the, if you think about all the names, some of the names I just mentioned, uh, Boeing, Grumman, Northrop, Hughes, uh, Cessna, Lear, these are all named for individual people. And what it meant was, was that if you had a vision, you could take a risk because the company belonged to you. And all the innovations came out of that. But even some of the big failures, like, the, like Hughes's uh, Hercules, which everybody called the Spruce Goose, he said, I want to build the largest airplane in the world. Everybody mm-hmm. said he was nuts. But since it was his company, he could do it. It turned out that that particular experiment failed. But somebody said it absolutely got it perfectly once. They said if there had been an FAA in the golden age of aviation in the 1930s, then today we would be traveling from New York to Los Angeles in a propeller-powered airplane with wooden wings mm-hmm. at 4,000 feet. It would take 40 hours and cost $9,000. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what happens when you let people compete against each other and and drive for the top instead of for the bottom is there still a because i'm i'm about your age bill and i remember i saw something um just the other day that is one of those those like robotic hands that you just you you have a a grip and uh, just an extension and it can get things off of shelves and i thought oh my gosh i haven't seen one of these since i was a kid and that was a toy you know, it was like, that's the robotic hand from space. And that's what the that's what they you know, they're using on the moon. And and it's now it's just, a you know, something that you use, you know, to get things off of a, of a higher shelf. Mm-hmm. Is there is there that moment of imagination uh, like we used to have when we were kids with the with the moonshot? It's funny you mention that because in the first episode of this, after I lay out what's going on with the actual landing, I say you can't understand how we landed on the moon unless you understand the idea of a cap gun. Uh, because in the 50s and 60s, it was nobody was talking about space yet. Uh, Sputnik hadn't happened, so it was cowboys and Indians land mm-hmm. here in America. But here you are, and you want to sell a, a toy gun to kids. And what you want is you want that kid to be able to pull the trigger, have it go bang, and if you can have smoke come out of it, even better. So this isn't Red Dead Redemption, and we're not going to do it in the Unreal 4 engine, and we don't have particle effects, and we're not going to have sound effects. We have to physically make this thing work in the real world. So they decided, I know, let's make a little red strip of paper, and we'll put little blobs of actual gunpowder there. And when you pull the trigger, it'll pop that little thing of gunpowder, and it'll go bang, and, and, and there's the smoke. Now, that's an actual engineering challenge. And you, you couldn't do that in a computer. You had to make it work in the real world. And that practicality was what allowed us to get to the moon. That and the fact uh, that you and I had fathers that would let their sons go out with rolls of caps and actual claw hammers Mm -hmm. and smash them all at the same time and make a big old noise. (laughs) You lose an eye in the process. Well, that's the price of going to the moon. That's right. That's exactly right. Uh, Bill, um, thank you for this great salute uh, to Apollo 11 and to the moonshot and reminding us uh, how good it felt, how good it felt. Thank you. Uh, the thing I'm most proud about this story is there are so many backstage human elements, so many weird things. Uh, Buzz Aldrin said held communion on the moon. The first fluid poured on another planet was wine. Uh, there's so many interesting human stories behind the technology, and I'm just extremely honored to have had a chance to speak for those men of whom I think four remain who actually walked on the moon. It's a tremendous honor for me. 
Thanks, Bill. Bill Whittle. BillWhittle.com. You can find this uh, documentary that he has done. It is fantastic. It's Apollo 11. What we saw comes from our friends of the Daily Wire. You can find it Daily Wire's YouTube. Apollo 11. What we saw. Research shows now that hackers have a thing for the Internet of Things. Internet uh, uh, connected security cameras account for about half of all of the smart de- uh, devices that are now compromised by hackers, printers, smart TVs, IP phones. They're also very common targets. The average U.S. household contains 17 of these kinds of smart devices. These are this is the beginning of the Internet of Things. Eventually, everything in your home and in your life is going to be connected online you have to have somebody watching over all the things that you're not thinking about or nor would you think about it takes one weak link and criminals are in lifelock will detect a wide range of identity threats like your social security number on sale for the uh, dark web and if they detect your information they'll send you an alert when you answer back and say nope that's not me Then they have somebody here in the United States, a whole team of people that work to fix it. Now, nobody can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but they are the best. Get an extra 10% off your first year by using promo code BECK when you call 1-800-LIFELOCK. That's 1-800-LIFELOCK, or you head to lifelock.com, use the promo code BECK, and get an extra 10% off. Lifelock.com, promo code BECK. We pause for 10 seconds station ID. Saturday is the 50th anniversary of the moon launch, and I've got an incredible um, essay that we've been working on uh, that I'm going to air tomorrow. Uh, you don't want to miss some things that we just I didn't I just did not know until we started doing our research. What an incredible moment this was! Do you remember what? Were you just a space shuttle kid, Stu? Uh, yeah. So yeah. That's, that's all you I really remember. remember really, my, my memory of the space program, maybe this is why I'm not as much into it, is largely the Challenger. So I, that's what <laughs> that's what your first memory is of the space program. I mean, I knew of the space program before that. I was born in 1976, so what was Challenger was 86. Yeah, yeah. So, so you were 10. Yeah, so I was 10. It was like part. I remember that being a big thing to the level of like, I remember being at school. I remember them wheeling out the televisions uh, into mm. uh, into the room so we could all watch the big space shuttle launch with the teacher on it. Oh, that'll be fun. Oh my gosh. Hey, uh, it wasn't that fun. Uh, that was not a... What ever- was that like in class? Because I, I was too old for that. What was that like being in class? Yeah, and it was a teacher, right? I mean, it was the, the Krista McAuliffe thing. So it was, uh, I mean, it, I don't think I, we really understood it. I mean, I remember thinking when, you know, again, I'm 10 years old. I remember thinking when, you, first of all, you wonder, is this what it's supposed to look like? You know, like that, yeah, didn't, yeah, not, yeah. that didn't look right. Mm-mm. And then you kind of wonder like, well, did they have parachutes or something? Is there some way they could have? I mean, I had no mm-hmm. idea. I'm 10 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, it just becomes that awkward thing that, you know, adults do where they just start bringing up other things that will distract you. It's mm. kind of what I remember about it. I remember it quickly kind of going away and not really realizing until I got home how bad it really was. Do you remember the uh, 
the last thing spoken before the explosion? Boy, <laughs> I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. It's amazing. You're 10 years old. And you didn't. I mean, I've watched it a bunch of times since and heard it, but I, I don't. I off the top of my head don't remember it. Go with throttle up. Go with throttle yeah. up. Yeah. And then, yeah, that's right. And then the rockets sort of like spread out and went like awkwardly sideways. Yeah. And like that doesn't. That's not good. Yeah, that's not good. And that was such a big thing for schools because of the teacher connection. You know, this, you know, Krista McAuliffe going into space. The teachers were very like it was a big moment for teachers. They had everyone, all their kids, and they talked about what a big deal it was that this, you know, wasn't just, you know, you know, a bunch of normal astronauts. Here's a, you know, a a teacher just like me. Just, you know, it was like they really personalized it. It was tough. Mm. I mean, completely how could they possibly have seen anything like that coming? so it has to that that's probably the big change because my memory of wheeling the television in was a black and white tv and seeing men on the moon in black and white you know i remember yeah. i didn't see apollo 11 i don't remember that i know i saw it but i don't remember it i was four um but i remember being in school for one of the later uh moon landings uh, I don't know which one. I was probably in first or second grade. And I remember them wheeling the black and white TV in. And we all watched uh, Men on the Moon. And it was just thrilling. Just thrilling. My father, the generation before, said when he was growing up, they never even thought of that. They never even thought men would ever go to the moon. It was just beyond any kind of understanding. You're listening to Glenn back all right and you know what's funny is uh, now my son's like why haven't we been to mars um cyber criminals are unrelenting constantly probing testing trying to gain access to our information the days of changing your password and security answers are over if you want to keep your data secure you need a vpn now a vpn is a virtual private network Norton Secure VPN is the one that I trust. It's it's a virtual private network that encrypts all of your connections, even on public Wi-Fi, with with banking uh, level encryption. So all of the information that you send and receive is safe from cyber criminals or companies that are just trying to track your browsing activities, your app usage, your location. Stop giving them all of this access. The price starts at about three thirty-three a month. It's a Norton Secure VPN. Just go to Norton.com slash VPN. Norton.com slash VPN. Again, about three bucks a, a month. Get it now. Stop making yourself a target. Go to blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn. You will save ten bucks and get access to all the best conservative content. Blazetv.com slash Glenn. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. We're glad you're here. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, the uh, Face app. Have you done the Face app yet, Stu? Uh, actually, someone did it for us. Did you see the pictures that <laughs> yeah, got I sent did. to us? I, I haven't did. used it myself, but uh, yeah. it's creepy. It's creepy. Uh, uh, I don't want to send it to my wife because it's auto divorce. Because so, she'll be like, oh, well, I'm not going to stick around for that. I don't know. You looked better than I did. Well, I mean. I looked, uh, I looked, wait a minute, wait a minute, hold it just a second. <laughs> I looked, you know, I looked really good as a, a woman. I would, I, there's no reason I just don't go for the transgendered thing at this point. Number one, be big on conservative radio, 
right? Like it would be a big deal if you had a conservative radio host that went transgendered. Uh, very two, pop- I, very popular. Number two, I would yeah. have all sorts of benefits. I could say anything, right? I mean, I could say you could say anything, and then if someone will you me, identify as a black woman as well I'll, each day it would yeah. be like you'll tune in at the beginning of the day we'll pull like a, a, we'll spin a wheel to see what i identify as mm-hmm. and number three according to face app i'd be a hot woman i mean let's be honest about it i looked at the pictures i'd be pretty i'd be pretty hot much better looking than i am a guy i mean i'm very I'd have to mediocre to below yeah. average yeah. as a guy mm-hmm. maybe below that but as a woman yeah. I, I i look pretty hot we've so, I've, I've dressed up before Mm-hmm. Uh, in certain uh, roles, mm-hmm. also at home yeah, by myself, that, and right. and every, each time I've noticed a pretty good looking lady. So yeah, I, I, think I haven't noticed that. But FaceApp was very kind to you in the in the ladies department. Thank you. Uh, and uh, me, on the other hand, doesn't work as a male or a female. No, yeah, you don't so. even work in like the normal one where they just like hey, this is the photo you sent us. I was like, <laughs> right. ah, it doesn't work either. Well, it doesn't. It's not good. <laughs> no. it's, it's not good. Mm. Now Chuck Schumer is coming out and saying that this is Russian technology. And that Democrats should not use this. Um, you know, the, the, I'm, I'm glad that we're paying attention to these things. I, I don't know if there's anything real behind this, uh, this so-called threat. Well, I mean, the 1980s called your fear of, of foreign relations. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they want it back. Right. Because, you know, I don't know if you know this. Ivan Drago and Rocky Balboa ended the Cold War a long time ago, guys. No right. reason to worry about Russia. Right. It's insane to be hearing Democrats talk the way they are now about Russia. Like, they have accused conservatives and Republicans for being fear mongers on Russia for a, almost a, like, a century. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And now all of a sudden, because of one news cycle... Where, uh, I, cause Donald Trump said like three nice things about Vladimir Putin, despite all of his actions against Russia, which have been much stronger than Obama was when it comes to sanctions and other, and other things when it comes to Russia. But despite his administration's actions, now all of a sudden, Russia's a huge threat. And now all of a sudden, Russia's a big worry. And we're supposed to take all of that seriously from them. I mean, that is intolerable. So they're they're saying that nobody should use this because it's collecting information. Now the truth is is that it is it is Russian technology. It was it was developed in in Russia. It's a Russian company, right? Right. By a company that does have ties to the Russian government, but we we don't know anything else. But I will warn you that this is the kind of thing that the former Soviet Union isn't you know it's not it's not beneath them to do stuff like this well it's funny too because we talk about uh, you know things like deep fakes right you need good photos and, mm-hmm. and like the is part one of this is the tech people have really looked into this and what the tech people say and the experts in this field say that there's you know it is is it a very wide license uh, for use of these photos that that are that is in the agreement, the answer to that is yes. However, we, we have a yeah. my contract. My contract says that um, during the period of the contract, the parent company of Premier owns my broadcast 
in this universe and all other universes. Yes, legitimately it says that. Legitimately it says that. It's as broad as you can possibly get. Now, Premier Radio Networks is not planning on broadcasting the show. That's what they'll have you think. In another universe. Yeah, and I'm going to get gypped on it when they find (laughs) that other universe. But it's just one of those things where you just write the license as wide as possible to cover everything so there's no question. And contracts are written like this all the time. You're clicking accept to things like that all the time. Though there... the face app one is is uh as broad as you can make it and it, the reason why it's more broad than a facebook or a twitter is because there's been pressure on facebook and twitter mm-hmm. and, and so they've they've over time made the license not quite as expansive because people believe they might actually use this for some purpose face app is a small smaller company they're they're you know they, they just are writing it broadly and it is a scary thing if you look at these uh, licenses, but they are all scary if you look at them. That's why right. everyone clicks accept. Uh, right. A, there's a lot. It's a lot of words. B, you don't want to actually know what's right. in there. But there is a concern that it comes from Russia because we do know that that Russia is trying to disrupt. I believe that uh, our the the deep fake that will let everyone in America go from not knowing what a deep fake is to everyone in America knowing what a deep fake is in a week's time, I think it will come from Russia. Uh, so we have to keep our eye on Russia. Now, there's there's something else that I found. Uh, one, more, one more additional thing on this, because we, we started on the, the deep fakes and then stopped. Think of if you have a photo that you sent that is not something you've published necessarily online, right? Like you're taking mm-hmm. a photo maybe of yourself. It's not even on your phone. They, if they have that photo and they have rights to it and they want to manipulate it, I, like there is a, a real serious risk if Russia wants to do something nefarious, getting this information, I think that that is actually a real thing. I do because too. They're talking about this, you know, a lot of the pictures get deleted in 48 hours, um, and which is which is apparently true. A lot of them are stored on Amazon cloud services, which again, you might not like Amazon, but that's, an, that's this is where they're being stored. But like you have to add in, in like who knows what the Russian government has, what plans they have for this, how much of this they're just taking as it's coming in. There's no way to know that stuff, and you don't know it until afterwards. So, so it is a risk. So uh, last night I was watching this uh, this little uh, mini doc. It was about ten minutes long. Uh, it's about the planned U.S. nuclear attack against the former Soviet Union. And our plan was to wipe the Soviet Union off the map. Now, I'm always fascinated by these things because there are plans for everything. You know, we, yeah. that's that's what the Pentagon is supposed to do is plan for everything. And the plans for the Soviet Union coming across and, and killing all of us and taking over the United States, those are just as diabolical and evil. And they didn't happen. Uh, but they were planned just in case you have to have that plan. I hope I hope the United States has a plan for any scenario. That's their job. But I was interested in seeing this because it was a plan that was developed in 1945, right after the uh, Second World War. And it was dated September 15th. I want you to listen to this and tell me if anything sticks out. Listen to a bit of this. Western media has largely focused its attention on the Cold War U.S.-USSR confrontation. The plan to annihilate the Soviet Union, dating back to World War II and the infamous Manhattan Project, are not mentioned. 
Washington's Cold War nuclear plans are invariably presented as a response to so-called Soviet threats, when in fact it was the US September 1945 plan to wipe out the Soviet Union, which motivated Moscow to develop its nuclear weapons capabilities. Mm. Had the US decided not to develop nuclear weapons for use against the Soviet Union, the nuclear arms race would not have taken place. <laughs> Neither the Soviet Union nor the People's Republic of China would have developed nuclear capabilities as a means of deterrence. Right, right. The Soviet Union lost 26 million people during World War II. The USSR developed its own atomic bomb in 1949 in response, in response to the 1942 Soviet intelligence reports on the Manhattan Project. Now, listen to this. I'm, I'm quoting from the rest of this. The document outlining this diabolical military agenda was released in September 1945. It's, no th it's uh, worth noting that Stalin was first informed through official channels by Harry Truman of the infamous Manhattan Project at the Potsdam Conference in July 24th, 1949, barely two weeks before the attack on Hiroshima. But the Kremlin was fully aware of the secret Manhattan Project as early as 1942. Um, uh, were the 1945 Hiroshima and Nagasaki attacks used by the Pentagon to evaluate the viability of a much larger attack on the Soviet Union consisting of more than 204 bombs. So they're making the case that the only reason why we bombed Japan was so we could test it out to see what would it take to really wipe out the Soviet Union. Then, towards the end, it says, In the post-Cold War era, under Donald Trump's fire and fury, nuclear war directed against Russia, China, North Korea, and Iran is on the table. Today's president, Donald Trump, does not have the foggiest idea as to the consequences of nuclear war. Communication between the White House and the Kremlin is at an all-time low. Uh, in fact, in 1962, the leaders on both sides, John F. Kennedy and Nikita Khrushchev, were acutely aware of the dangers of nuclear annihilation. They collaborated with a view to avoid the unthinkable. The nuclear doctrine was entirely different than the Cold War. Both Washington and Moscow understood the realities of mutually assured destruction. The one trillion, uh, one trillion plus plus nuclear weapons program was first launched under Obama, and it is ongoing. Today's thermonuclear bombs are more than 100 times more powerful and destructive than the Hiroshima bomb. And both the U.S. and Russia have several thousand nuclear weapons already deployed. But moreover, and more importantly, an all-out war against China is currently on the drawing board of the Pentagon, as outlined by the Rand Corporation, commissioned by the U.S. Army. This is insane. It ends with uh, the U.S. has a long um, history of political insanity geared towards providing a human face to U.S. uh uh, crimes against humanity. <laughs> so I'm watching this and it just slowly starts to go awry. Uh, it goes from a documentary to a propaganda piece. And so I did a little bit of research. It is coming from a, a guy in Canada who is a huge supporter of the Soviet Union has been for a very long time conspiracy theorist etc etc the the thing is is this is what russia is doing to us 
we we are not awake at all to see the manipulation that is going on by enemies enemies of ours russia the palestinians i'm sorry but the palestinian uh government is is not a friend of the united states Iran, not a friend of the United States. I was listening to NPR this morning because I like to hear what the other side is saying. The way they phrased what's happening with Turkey was unbelievable. Turkey was in NATO and the United States needs to have Turkey in NATO. Uh, No, I don't think so. A lot of people think that that was a mistake. And Turkey is buddying up with Russia. In fact, they just decided to buy a Russian air defense system. We told we told Turkey, well, then you're not buying any of our planes because you can't be double dealing on both sides. You'll have the planes and the Russians over there with their anti-missile system. No, you're not getting both technology. NPR was spinning this as look at Donald Trump. He just wants war. We've got to have Turkey. We have to have Turkey as an ally. Turkey hasn't been a real ally in a very long time. I mean, geez, I can get more accurate information by driving in a cab in New York City than listening to some of these buffoons on the radio. I mean, I I was just up in New York and there was a guy. He was from Turkey. He had been here for 10 years. I said, so what do you think of Turkey? What's happening over there? him not knowing that i know what's happening in turkey and he said you know 15 years ago we thought maybe it would go all right he said it started to go awry and uh, the government became very totalitarian he said and i was just beginning to see it and he said so i decided to move over here to the united states for educational purposes he said now i would never go back there He said it is a totalitarian state and it is very, very scary what's happening in Turkey. Where is that analysis from NPR? Mm, Yeah, nowhere. Nowhere. And I will say, too, a a related topic here. I don't know this guy's exact situation, but that's the exact type of immigrant you want. It's exactly the the type of of person who looks at and sees... You know, a totalitarian or a socialist government starting to crack down and and comes here because they're celebrating the things that we have, the opportunities. He came here with with the hope of someday returning, but he came over here because he knew the education that he could get. Mm -hmm. He came over here, then saw, oh, man, I've got it free and easy here compared to back home. I am not going back there. And then he spoke to me about how much he loved America, how uh, all of the opportunities that we have and how Americans just don't see it. Right. And there's no one with that story. No one's chanting, send them back to that person, no matter what color they are. Nope. No matter what they look like. Nope. Thank you very much. Uh, Our sponsor this half hour is Tacobus. Tacobus, I am a big fan of things that stand the test of time, things that scream America. And there is nothing like a classic Western or cowboy boot to scream America. It's also, I think, a little like the Corvette. You know, the Corvette in the 1960s, every astronaut had a Corvette. All of them had a Corvette uh, because it was something that said, "I'm, I'm a rebel. There's something about a cowboy boot that says, I'm a rebel, and I don't really care. I'll wear the suit, I'll wear the tie, but I'm wearing a cowboy boot. You want a great, great boot made by hand, 
200 separate uh, steps to make this uh, this boot at about half the price of anything comparable in quality. You go to Tecovas, T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com slash Beck. Tecovas dot com. Free shipping, free returns, easy and accurate uh, process for getting the right fit. If it's not the right fit or you just don't like it, ordering is risk-free. They always err on the side of their customers. Tecovas dot com slash Beck. The next hour is going to be an interesting romp. I am really looking forward to this, both Stu and I. Uh, Jamie Kilstein, uh, Kilstein, Kilstein, Kilstein is uh, going to be joining us uh, next. He is a podcaster, a comedian, and an honest guy. You're listening to Glenn Beck. You can find more top stories at theblaze.com. I'm Hillary. That's your four-minute buzz. And now here's Glenn and Stu with the last hour of the Thank show. Thank you so much, uh, Hillary. A uh, large chunk of your money, is it? I mean, for your monthly budget, what's it going toward? If it's going toward credit card bills, you're not alone, but you're not stuck with it either. And here's the secret. I want you to call American Financing and look to them to consolidate that debt with the lowest possible interest rate. Please consider this but don't consider it if you're just going to run up more credit card bills you got to get that monkey off your back things right now are pretty healthy in our economy but they could turn uh, on a dime with american financing you're going to get straightforward and effortless mortgage experience a 10-minute phone call is all it takes to start They'll put your needs first. It's a simple conversation around a better loan program that can offer greater overall savings. This is a company that I've endorsed for over 10 years. Uh, I know them. They are a family-run business. They, do, they put their customers ahead of everything else. That's why they get such good ratings from people. You'll work with salary-based mortgage consultants, and you could be looking at $1,000 a month in savings without resetting your mortgage. So call right now. Visit AmericanFinancing.net. That's AmericanFinancing.net. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. About five years ago, uh, it's been longer than that now, when I left Fox... I came out and I said, you know, I've made some real mistakes. You can't go from, you know, the tied for, what was it, third or fourth place most admired man in the world in one year and the next year be hated by half of the population of the country without doing some soul searching and saying, what did I do? What role am I playing? And I urged America and the media, please do some soul searching. Especially after the Trump election, I I reached out to everybody I knew and said, please don't make the mistakes that I made, but you're going to make them if you don't wake up and have a conversation and understand we're actually, we're, we're in agreement on a lot of stuff. Don't demonize. Well, I was alone for a long, long time, and I tried really hard. And now it's happening, and it's happening organically. And it's not happening with the people in the media, because I think they have too much to lose or they're just too myopic. But it is happening with real people and people who made really bad mistakes. And they haven't changed their political stance They just don't have any hate for the other side anymore, and they're looking for people that believe much of the same stuff, 
just uh, the same outcome, just a different way to get there. And they're tired of it. You're going to meet a guy whose redemption story is huge, huge, because he admits he was a big part of the problem. And he's not now. You're going to enjoy our conversation in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. All right, realestateagentsitrust.com. The market for the housing market on fire all over America, and it's for a couple of reasons. Interest rates are falling, which is a great time to sell your house. If you want to sell or buy, the competition is going to be fierce. You're going to need a great real estate agent to help you out. My team at Real Estate Agents I Trust is eager to introduce you to the best agent in your town. We've done our homework. We have built a network of the most successful, hardest working, like-minded agents, and they're eager to help you with your investment. We choose our agents, agents the, 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 first, the first thing you have to, the box you have to check off, if you have to have a long track record of performance in that area. There are no part-time people, inexperienced agents in our network, no matter how good of people they are. The market value for your home can't be done by an algorithm or a rookie. It takes years of expertise to evaluate the market, to make the connections, and to be able to know what is happening all around your house. Our agents are the experts around your house. Our agents do business like you and share your values. So get moving with realestateagentsitrust.com. That's realestateagentsitrust.com. Jamie Kilstein, he is a comedian. He is a podcaster. He is a, a, a former social justice warrior that, uh, that did a lot of destruction. He um, destroyed his life or his life was destroyed for him. He was a guy who was suicidal. He's a human. And he seems to be an honest human. That is looking to to anybody who will say enough is enough. Can't we just talk about things? Welcome to the program, Jamie Kilstein. Thank you so much for having me. Your intro was so nice. And as you were doing it, I was like, wow, I said terrible things about you. Uh, <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that was so, uh, yeah, that was so kind. I mean, uh, that means a lot. And uh, I mean, I literally, I don't know if you remember this. I was so bad years ago. At one point, I have you on my resume because at one point, my old, very lefty podcast essentially just was trolling you and did an episode called like the F.U. Glenn Beck episode and had like Bill Ayers was on, was like our guest. And uh, oh, man, I would have loved to hear. I'd love to. You have to send it to me. I'd love to hear it. I'd love to hear it. Yeah. And then I think you talked about it on your show and you called me a doofus. Like we were both so ridiculous. You called me a doofus. And then I put it on my resume. So when I would like go to clubs and stuff, my resume was like, I had a blurb from like Robin Williams. I had a really nice newspaper blurb. And then the last one said, Jamie Kilstein is a doofus. Glenn Beck. I love that. Very funny. But like you, at the time I would rather 
have promoted myself off of something negative and something uh, crappy like that than actually, you know, talent or uh, anyway, long story short. Thank you for having me on. You're, you're welcome. I'm having you on because you are you have an incredible story. Um, you are somebody who admits holy cow was was i going down the wrong path and you in you enjoyed the darkness of it i i had a kind of a different story i didn't really enjoy the darkness of it i just i just was filled with certitude that i knew who other people were and everybody was in a group and that's that's not true and uh when you're being attacked as you know and i know you're being attacked you attack back because uh, it yeah. felt like it was life and death it really did yeah and i mean i had that certitude too for sure um that's what's so scary about the internet and tribalism and echo chambers where when you get your following and you start talking to people offline less and online more and you attack someone, uh, those likes go up and those retweets go up. And if like me, you were drinking and you were depressed and you were in a failing marriage and you didn't really like your friends in New York. But if I opened my computer and I went online and I attacked whoever the left was attacking that day, and then I started just to get, you know, validation, 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 that made me feel good. Mm. And you know, the, the thing on the left is I never liked when people said the extreme left was the same as the extreme right, because I was like, in, in my head, you know, the right started wars and nobody was like dropping into Iraq being like free health care. And I thought that was like a garbage analogy. But now I see what people are talking about. And I think what they mean when they say that it's the, the rhetoric of the extreme right and the extreme left and what you were talking about in your intro, which is just not being willing to have conversations. So I had that certitude. I thought I was doing the right thing. Also take in mind, I dropped out of high school. I'm a white straight dude. Um, I have uh, so many insecurities um, that whenever someone did tell me I was wrong or I wasn't being progressive enough, I just thought that meant I was a bad person. So my certitude almost came from like, a self-hatred point of view. Um, but a lot of it did have to do with, with getting the validation that I wasn't getting in my real life. And to be honest, I think a lot of people are going through that. I think anytime somebody tweets you and they don't know you and they're attacking you, the proper response is like, Hey man, are you okay with your dad? Like, do you need to call your mom? Like what's going on uh, in your personal life to make you spend all day yelling at strangers on the internet? That is exactly the lesson I learned because I was very against Donald Trump. And there I was I was, you know, I, I worried about my own audience. How 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 have we been together this long and you don't see what I see or how I see. Right, right. And I yeah. and I've always felt like I've loved my audience and I, I really do. This audience is amazing, just an amazing audience. Um, and I, I was so confused and angry all coming from me, none of it coming from them. And I realized about, I don't know, six months after the election, you hypocrite. You say you love the audience, but you don't, because if somebody was acting like that in your real life, you would say to them, what's happening in your life? Because right. this is out of step. So what's happening? And what I missed was the tremendous pain and fear that people are feeling. And that's everywhere now. Everywhere people are in this 
this pain and the fear of look how bad things are getting and nobody seems to be doing anything about it. Yeah, if we talked to people in real life, like we talk to people online, it would look like the purge. Like we would all just be attacking each other all day. And once you step back like you did, like I'm trying to do, and talk to people as humans and talk to people face to face and realize that, like you said, like we're all scared. We're all insecure. We're all trying to be better. We're all trying to provide for our family. It doesn't matter if you're on the left, on the right. We all want to pet the stranger's dog before making eye contact with them. Like (laughs) these are all things we want to do. Um, But what's happening when you go online is you're like, well, I guess everyone on the left is like uh, a milkshake throwing not or uh, anarchist and everyone on the right is a Nazi. And we're not having conversations because we are so determined to defend our team blindly. I mean, here's the thing. If I on the left call every Trump voter a racist, when Trump does something racist, do you think that the people that I've been demonizing are going to want to they're going to want to defend him or not say anything because they feel like they've been put in a corner by the left. That is exactly, Jamie, that is the, that is, I called everybody I knew in media and said, listen, here's what I've learned. I, I said these things. I still believe these things, but the way I said them put everybody into a posture of, I got to defend him. I got to defend Obama because he's been attacked all the time. And I said, you will only make things much worse if that's what you do. You have to reach out and say, what is it you're saying? What are you hearing? And and they don't get it. Yeah, 100%. And I, you know, it's the saddest part about it is the audience you've built, the audience I'm building is amazing and i'm very proud of it however i know when i when i went to my agent in la under donald trump and i you know i used to be rich when i was just screaming liberal and would just attack people all day and now i'm not and when i went to him and i was like hey i know everybody's being political and we're the most divided we've ever been how about i do a podcast about nuance and dialogue like the disappointment on his face was palpable <laughs> yeah right because, and, and and the problem is the sad part is when you spoke out you probably got crap from both sides yes. when i spoke out i got crap on both sides i actually even though i'm still pretty liberal on most things i'm very well aware that if i wanted to be like a millionaire i mean this is when i was sleeping on a couch after having like a pretty great life financially uh, at least in new york i was getting offers to kind of be like the the left-wing guy who goes right wing like i could have written that book that was you know why i left the left and right. I'd be hosting my own show on Fox News in like a couple years, and I would have had money, and I would have done like mental jujitsu to convince myself I wasn't selling out. But I'm I'm not that, and I'm much slower building this show um, about kind of what you're doing. Uh, the sad thing for me is, and I don't know if you experienced it in the opposite way, but the sad thing for me is I am getting booked. 
far more on conservative shows and they know I'm still liberal. Like I'm not suddenly, you know, changing my stances on a ton of things I have on, on a couple. Um, and I'm not getting booked on left wing. shows. Yeah. So uh, Jamie, I, that, that, that in some ways happened with me, uh, to where, but I was looking to go on to the other side because I was trying to find somebody who would have real dialogue they would yes. they always approached it with me that Glenn Beck has uh, changed his he's had a change of heart and he's had a change of view. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I, I still believe everything that I used to believe. There's just right. one big difference here. Um, and and in your case, you still believe in policies, but you're not the social justice warrior that is taking everybody down. And you literally were you were one of the guys who were like the first on the bandwagon to get people fired. Oh, yeah, 100%. And it's, again, I think that social media, I think that social media, it, it, it dehumanizes people where they're not a person with a family. They're a Twitter avatar um, that yes. is expendable. We're right? cartoon and, characters. Yeah. And people, myself included, you get this rush. And we're so desperate for it. I think the Kevin Hart one's a really great example mm -hmm. where you had a bunch of people on the left trying to take down a young black entrepreneur who, I mean, I remember seeing him at open mics who has built himself up to being this megastar. And it wasn't like he said something the day before he hosted the Oscars. It wasn't like <laughs> he was like given a speech and was like, man, I hope there aren't gay people at the Oscars tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody had to dig. Somebody had to dig yes. 10 years in the future. They saw someone succeeding. I mean, we're doing the opposite of self-help. We're doing the opposite of positive affirmations, of lifting people up, of showing gratitude. We are going online every day and searching. That guy's successful. Instead of how do I emulate him, how do I learn from him, I want to take him down. And if we spent as much time trying to take other people down as we did like building ourselves and other people up, all of us would be successful and we would be far less miserable. But we are searching out people um, to destroy. And for me, when I was doing it, yeah, it was like, the bullies, the popular kids in high school, where suddenly Justine Sacco was on a plane and she made this tweet uh, that's offensive. And when she lands, she's going to be fired. And we would all gleefully be trying to come up with the mm -hmm. most clever joke or what, you know, we would at the people uh, so they knew they were being talked about or gossiped about. And I still get that online. Uh, and the, the kind of addiction like that, it was that same feeling uh, of an alcoholic, of a drug addict, of like, I know I shouldn't do this, but I'm going to do this. And then, and then it takes over your life. I mean, I remember one day where I was freaking out and I was, I was fighting with this liberal journalist because the left loves nothing more uh, than to fight with their own. I was fighting with this guy, Josh Marshall. Uh, he runs like, uh, or he ran at least at the time, talking points memo. And I was ignoring my family. And I was yelling at him and he was with his kids on the beach and he's fighting with me. And like at one point he wrote F you freedom fighter to me. And I like took a screenshot and I posted it. <laughs> and it's like both of us should have been with our families at that time. Mm -hmm. And then I remember I was like, all right, I'm going to close my computer. I'm going to stop fighting with him. And I went, I lived on Prospect Park. So I was like, I'm going to go walk through the park. And before I even knew it, it's like blacking out and showing up at another bar. I was in the park on my cell phone 
fighting with someone else on Twitter. And that becomes your reality because people forget. Um, I, I, there's no way I would have made it as a teenager with social media because it follows you around. You're, it does. You're sitting. Yeah, you're sitting on the toilet yeah. and a stranger's calling you a cuck. Right. You're out of <laughs> Jamie, I I am sorry. I have to cut this short because we have breaking news that I have to get to. May I ask you to come in and uh, do a podcast with me? I would. I would honestly. I would love to. I would love to apologize in person. Grab coffee. A hundred percent. I appreciate it. God bless. Uh, or or not, whichever it is with you with God. So, thank you for being on the program. We'll we'll uh, we'll talk again. Uh, that's Jamie Kilstein. He is. Um, uh, he does the Jamie Kilstein podcast. The guy has a remarkable story that you really need to hear. Uh, and we'll continue in just a minute with some breaking news that is coming out. All right. We live in a world right now where we have access to data that gives us more personal insights into who we are. What's more personalized than your DNA? We can turn to our genetics now for personalized health traits and so much more. It's it's not just did you kill that person? And it's also not just who are your you know ancestors. It's more than that. We send our tests in as a family, 23andMe. The anticipation uh, of the return was awesome. For weeks, we would come home and we would, uh, you know, say, uh, Mom, did you, did you get the results today? And she would check her email. It is really a cool thing to do with your family, but it will give you reports of not only um, where you come from, who you came from, but also some really important health uh, uh, guidelines as well, according to your DNA. Please check this out. Buy your DNA kit at 23andMe.com slash Beck. That's 23, the number 23andMe.com slash Beck. 10 seconds, station ID. Uh, I wish we would have had more oh. time with him today. He yeah. is, I, mean, I can't wait for that podcast. His turn is yeah. remarkable. First of all, he's really funny. Um, but his, what the, the reason, you know, his sort of, uh, how the, his last gig fell apart is fascinating. Yeah. Uh, comp- you know, he became a victim essentially of everything he was doing. Yeah. And that's um, when he woke up and went, Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. And then he went through some really dark times and, uh, you know, and he's really, I mean, you know, before we put somebody on the air that's saying this, we really kind of try to do our homework. Uh, and he really has tried to change. Uh, and he's not a guy who's looking for the destruction of America or anything else. He's just a liberal, um, he's not, he's not one of these people who hate America. Yeah. Um, and you know, when you have that in common today, that's a pretty big deal. That feels good. Yeah. Yeah. He he's, uh, I believe he's dating someone who at least the family is conservative, uh, conservative Christian, uh, and, uh, an oil, oil family, family <laughs> from Texas. Yeah. And he yeah. wrote this great, really hysterical piece on meeting the parents and what he would have said before, what he would have thought before, and how it went. One part I did not know about the story was that I did not at all remember, you know, him bashing you and you going back. I don't, you know, cause that happens so often. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> like, like, really, you Still can't even... happening. Showtime is. is about to do it again yes, to me sh- yeah. this weekend. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we'll see. Anyway, uh, we have some breaking news and we have the author of the story that is just broken. 
and it is an important one, something that Donald Trump talked about yesterday. He said somebody is going to be working on this. Well, yes, we know the guy who is working on it quite well. And uh, we're going to talk to him next. You're listening to Glenn Beck. One in five homes have home security, and that, I think, is because companies make it impossible. They just they 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 come in. They have long term contracts. They're hardwired, outdated technology, expensive contracts. And I mean, you'll chew your arm off just to get the guy to go away. It's like, please, I'll assign anything. I don't care. Sixty dollars a month. OK, just please get out of my house. You can't believe how, how these people, well, times have changed. I don't want to assign negative things to you like you can't believe how long you've been ripped off by these people. Instead, times have changed, and so is technology. Simply Safe is my choice for home security. It has been for a long time. They have completely disrupted the home security industry for the good. They make it easy for you. There's no contract, no hidden fees, no fine print, round-the-clock monitoring, $15 a month. They have a huge sale going on right now. You get a free HD security camera when you order. Just go to simplysafebeck.com. $100 value, free HD security camera, simplysafebeck.com. That's simplysafebeck.com. BlazeTV.com slash Glenn is the place to go. We go to the future of your health care tonight at 5 p.m. BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. There is some very timely breaking news today. Um, yesterday, Donald Trump said, you know, there's there's a question of Elon Omar and her relationship with her family and her her taxes uh, and we we pretty much have the Minneapolis uh, Tribune star to uh, to verify that, yeah, the tax thing is definitely uh, weird uh, and it looks fraudulent. She filed uh, income tax saying she was married to someone else when uh, she was actually married to another guy and they were all three living together. It was a weird, weird story. But David Steinberg has been working on this story for a long, long time with a couple of other people working together. And it has been hard to tie up all of the loose ends on this story. Was she married to her brother? And if so, why? David Steinberg has just broken uh, with a new story on PowerlineBlog.com. Uh, and I have looked at the evidence, and it's pretty strong. There's some things that I question. I'm not sure, and I'm not sure I understand the story yet, David, because it's very complex. Um, but give me the gist of this new story. Hey, Glenn. Thanks for having me on. You bet. So what, uh, what I published this morning, I've had for several months. Essentially, we've been holding on to this information that. Uh, altogether does compile what what I would consider a smoking gun here. There just simply aren't any other possibilities at this point uh, for this to not have been her brother. I'll put it that way. But what I published today connects her to the brother to this individual in England as her sibling. That's something that hasn't been published yet. We had these uh, charges of fraud before. We had some other evidence published that showed she might have committed, uh, that she was married to two men at the same time. 
This is the first time any information has been published that directly ties her to this person in a sibling relationship. Okay, now I'm, it's there's two Ahmads in her life, if I'm not mistaken. There is the Ahmad that she was married to here in the United States and has two children. Then she supposedly got a divorce, but not an official divorce, a, a spiritual divorce or something. Uh, and then she married this other Ahmad. And this is the one that you claim is the brother. And is this an actual blood brother or is this a uh, somebody that she, she was kind of adopted into this family? Uh, what I'm hearing from sources, uh, multiple sources within the Minnesota, Minneapolis, Somali community. First of all, we're talking about what is an open secret uh, among the Somali community there. And to be honest, secret is not the appropriate word. This It's simply open. If you have a decent understanding of Somali, for example, and, and you poke around a bit, you're going to find all of this online openly yourself. That, that's just to start with. Uh, second, I do believe we are talking about a blood brother here. And what happened is, according to these sources, back in Somalia, 1995, the father had five children, and he did not have a means of getting them out of this refugee camp. I'm sorry, in the refugee camp in Kenya. Okay. So another family, a second family, uh, the Omars, offered him to the opportunity to fraudulently take himself and two of his children into their family, which was being granted asylum. Okay. So um, let's just give this the benefit of the doubt. You're, mm-hmm. We're all in a, in a refugee camp. I have no chance of getting out. And you're a good friend. And you say, uh, look, Glenn, I take two of your family members and you, and I can get you into Great Britain. We just have to, you just have to be part of my family. You're now Omar. That's, that's what's being charged here. Correct. Okay. This is a common transaction. Okay. In those days, in those refugee camps, people okay. would sell their extra spots or sell uh, the the willingness to fraudulently add someone to their family. And this was this was rampant. Uh, as far as several people I've spoken to, it's rampant. There was a also a, a DNA testing done by the U.S. government uh, about a decade later, mostly on Somali immigrants. I mentioned this in the article. And they concluded that up to 87% of applicants for this Priority 3 Family Reunification Program for refugees, up to 87% of applicants were applying fraudulently. They were not members of the family they claimed to be. Okay. Um, but there's no, there's no, I'm just, I just want to make sure that we are looking and giving the benefit of the doubt all the way along. There's nothing, I mean, it's illegal and it's fraud, uh, but it wasn't a terrorist thing or anything. This was, how do I get out of a refugee camp? So, correct? correct. Yeah. Okay. Um, um, I stressed that in the article, that okay. they were fleeing from a hellish situation in Somalia. Correct. So we looked to what happened back in 1995 as a way to find answers for what she might have done in, 2000 and, uh, in 2009 once she was a U.S. citizen. She, is, she became a U.S. citizen in 2000. So the excuse that it was uh, 
it, it was a horrific situation they were fleeing from. That was no longer active. She'd been a U.S. citizen for nine years when she entered this marriage with the man who certainly now appears to be her brother. Why would she do that? She was married, had two kids. She says mm-hmm. she was married, you know, re- in her religious tradition, but not legally. Um, had two kids. Why would she then say that she's leaving her husband? As but as you find out later, they're all living in the same house. What are they? Tr- what is she gaining by marrying this guy? We have several different possible possibilities. The most obvious one is speeding up the immigration case for her brother. Okay, uh, so he was not an American citizen. He was a British citizen. He had been a British citizen for several years. Correct. Right. Okay. Now, that's the first issue. The second issue is that this entire marriage to this second individual occurred while both he and Ilhan were attending North Dakota State University. So they get married uh, summer of 2009. They go to North Dakota State University. Ilhan enrolls in the fall. She graduates in the spring of 2011, and that is when she tells people their marriage, their relationship ends, and she never sees them again. Now, he was also enrolled at North Dakota State University at the time, too. So the other likelihood here is student loan fraud. Uh, Being married, the two of them were much more likely to get a a better deal. Uh, considering they would no longer be dependents of their parents, that income would not be included. So FAFSA fraud is definitely a possibility, which is also punished very severely. Uh, five years, I believe, for each instance of fraud on a federal FAFSA form is the maximum. And, and one of the other things that is bizarre is that they claim on, I think it's tax documents, that... Uh, they're living, they're all kind of living together, right? The old husband and, quote, the new husband living in the same house. These didn't show up on tax documents. I did a deep search into old address records, and I found them all living in the same house for that first year in North Dakota State, uh, in Fargo. They moved, they all three of them moved to a second location for their second year at the university. And I uh, was also able to confirm that through articles. Ilhan has stated in the past that she was with Ahmed Hersey and her two kids in North Dakota. uh, She stated that long before she was involved in politics. I think that was in 2014 or 2015. So we have quite a bit of evidence that she never separated from the man she had the two kids with. Meanwhile, she had married this new individual and all three of them were at the same address while they were attending college. And then she has to go and testify for the divorce, correct? In the divorce, that is in 2017. And she has she to testify that she doesn't know where her her legal husband, possibly her her brother, she has she had no idea. She hadn't seen him since 2011. Correct. She testifies she has not seen him since June 2011. And now, unfortunately, because she was applying for default, a uh, default divorce where one of the spouses cannot be found to be legally served. So she answers eight questions on this nine question form 
that are there is a very strong uh, possibility that all eight questions are perjury because we have solid proof that she was in touch with this person from 2011 until 2016 online on both of their confirmed accounts. We have photographs of them visiting each other in London in 2015. This is the perjury case. The perjury element of all of this is, is the most open and shut part of the whole story. So what, what is, what do people do with this? I mean, because if you're, what's, what's going to be said is, well, you don't know for sure. She's not answering any questions. Um, the people who would prosecute this, I don't think are motivated to prosecute this or to even look at it. You can't even get to the, the, um, the uh, Minneapolis paper. I mean, they, they basically said your early report is all right. Uh, however, nothing happened. Nothing happened. So, well, nothing happened because they, they were not able to get the additional evidence that I did publish today. And the additional evidence is they are the pictures and the, the, the Facebook posts back and forth, correct? Correct. I can, what we could not do before was connect her in a sibling relationship. We had plenty of evidence that they were in touch all these years and appeared to be conversing with each other as siblings. For example, he referred to her children as, as his nieces and nephews. Now, what we did not have, though, was any solid evidence besides that of them being siblings prior to the marriage. And that's what I published today. And so tell me about those pictures quickly, because we're about out of time. Tell me about the other pictures and the other things that you have found. Uh, well, quick summary. What I published today is that Ilhan has... Uh, her father's name is Nurse Saeed. I was able to confirm that she has called him by that name. There is a, a sister named Layla Nurse Saeed Elmi, who lives in England. And I was able to confirm via her marriage records that she also calls her father Nurse Saeed Elmi. And then what I found was these photographs which show Ilhan and Layla Nursaid Elmi together with their father, Nursaid, on a family trip. Mm-hmm. And talking, so, about, talking about him as their wonderful yeah, father. Yeah, talking about him as their wonderful right. father. I posted a second photograph of Ilhan with her arm around Layla, and Ilhan uh, puts the caption on the photograph, I heart my sister. Now, I also along with the, the official marriage document from the UK of Layla testifying that her father's name is Nurse Saeed Elmi, we have a very strong connection that this woman is Ilhan's sister. And this is what we did not have before. We didn't have this connection to London. Now, this sister Layla, I have found through sources, was the guardian of Ahmed Nurse Saeed Elmi during his teenage years in London. She, she essentially raised him. She was his older sister. She was 23. He was 12 when they first arrived. And she was his guardian in London until he was 18 years old. 
Now, I have some other evidence showing that in the article, some address records right. showing where they lived. Uh, the school he attended was just around the block from Layla's right. address. And uh, there are, just to top it off, there are, are some posts I found where he is referring to her as mom and she right. is referring to him as son. All right. So uh, this is what we weren't able to do in the past was connect all of them together as family members. And that's what I posted. today. David, thank you very much for all of your hard work on this. I know the blaze is looking to independently verify all of this to give your story some extra legs and some extra uh, eyes on it. Um, you've just posted this at powerlineblog.com. I urge you to read it, see the evidence for yourself, uh, and, uh, and do your own homework on it. I think this is one of the bigger frauds that has ever happened, if it is indeed true. And, uh, the evidence is pretty damning at this point, but if it is true, it is, uh, a remarkable story that needs to be addressed. David Steinberg, thank you so much. Uh, first, let me tell you about our the cruise through history. Tomorrow is the last day that you're going to save on Early Bird. So if you if you sign up for this cruise by tomorrow, uh, you're going to be able to get, I think, $400 off the trip. This is going to be an unbelievable trip. I mean, we're months away, and I can't believe all the people that are starting to say, you know, I want to come. Uh, it's going to be really cool. It's going to be truly trip of the lifetime. Yeah. Uh, we're going to go to Venice. We're going to go to Athens. We're going to go to the, uh, uh, to Jerusalem or to, um, uh, Israel. Uh, I think, I think, uh, uh, Jim Caviezel. Jim Caviezel mm-hmm. is coming with us now. We're going to watch his brand new movie on the ship. Um, uh, Bill O'Reilly is going to be there. I'm going to be there. It's amazing. Do it today. Get all the information. ComeSailAway.com. ComeSailAway.com. Welcome uh, to the Glenn Beck program uh, tonight at five o'clock. You don't you don't want to miss. I'm excited. Our healthcare episode. Uh, we're exposing the Trojan horse on healthcare that brought us Obamacare, and the same Trojan horse being ridden now by the Democrats to bring us the British national healthcare. Mm. You don't want to miss. You're only going to hear it here at BlazeTV.com. You're listening to Glenn. Back.